some brands are legendary. In every category, someone sets the standard, and some of them even have raving fans. Join Scott Wozniak and Jack Fussell, the CEO and CMO of Swaz Consulting, on a journey of discovery. How did the legends do it? And how can you become a legendary brand too? Well, Jack, welcome back to diving into how to create raving fans, man. This is going to be a fun conversation. I know I'm looking forward to this one today. Yes, because we've been like setting it up the last few episodes, right? Like it's possible and it's cool and they, these people are valuable, but we're finally getting to the stuff that we get excited about is how do you actually do this? Frankly, in my opinion, there's a, a flood of inspirational, you should, it matters kind of help, but like there's is relatively very few resources that say, yeah, yeah, I already bought all that. How do I do it? And so that's what I hope we'll be able to do. In fact, most of this podcast is here not to just hype you up, is to give you tactical tools and how do you do it. So let's stop hyping the anti-hype, right? Let's start. The beginning of the engine. Imagine there's an engine, there's gears. We're going to get into all that. But at the beginning of it is you got to put fuel in your engine. Nothing else works until you put fuel in the engine. So the fuel pouring into the engine is customer insight. Do you really know your customers? And when we work with clients, man, overwhelmingly what we find is that they they have customer data, not customer insight. Yeah, they think they know, but they don't actually know. Yeah, so that's an, that's a really interesting thing you say because I've noticed this as well. I I do a lot of brand work and like front end, you know, and whether it's an established company or you know brand new or whatever, but one of the things I'm shocked at is so many times how they they may have a customer persona if they even have that. And if they do, it is truly like such a data-driven job, you know, the description of that person. And I am shocked at how many people think, oh, I know my customer because they're, I know their age range and their income range. And, you know, and it's like, that's not, I would never, you know, if my wife said, tell, tell me about Scott. Well, he's in the 35 to 45 age range. He's upper medium, you know, income. He's, you know, whatever, and all these little technical things, you'd be like, what the heck? Are you dating like a robot? Like what is, that would not be how you describe a person ever. Yeah, yeah, okay, facts. In fact, I often, when I do uh, keynotes or workshops on this, I'll play a game. So Jack, I'm gonna put you on the spot and make you play this game. I'm gonna describe a famous person and I guarantee you know this guy. And I'm gonna give you a series of stats, the the data on this guy. And it's like, yeah, we'll know who he is. Um, right, so so it's a man, like I'm saying he is, this is a male figure. Um, he's a British citizen, English dude, right? He lives in a castle, so pretty nice house. He's uh, 65 to 75 age bracket, right? He's in the extreme upper income. In fact, I can even tell you that he has two famous children. So uh, hmm. who, who do you think I'm talking about? I would definitely, I know you're probably going to throw a curveball at me, but I would definitely say probably King Charles. Yeah. I, well, yes, is the obvious. Like that answer, would be right? the only thing, name I can think of. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you didn't get close, man. I, I was thinking of Ozzy Osbourne. So. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wow. But, you know, you might, you might say they're totally unconnected, but think about it. Like former Prince of Wales, 
former Prince of Darkness, right? I mean, they're both really similar. Former Prince of Darkness. <laughs> that job is available now if you want to apply. So that's right. That's right. Well, jokes is like crazy thing. Ozzy, Ozzy Wildman. This is has nothing to do with customer insight. Well, maybe it does have to do with customer insight. Um, I don't know if you know this. Ozzy has become like a hardcore sold out Christian. Like, like the, I say former Prince of Darkness because now he like leads Bible studies and wears like a cross necklace and talks about how God turned his life around. Like it is not what you expect when you think. Ozzy so he's Ozzy. like a British Alice Cooper now. So <laughs> yes. maybe, maybe there's a club of like former ridiculous rock stars who are now Can you like imagine hanging out with Jesus? that group. How much fun that would be. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause I don't, I think whatever they do, they're going to be ridiculous. Well, anyway, we're not here to talk <laughs> about rock stars and their, um, their life passions, but I am going to say that the game has a point to it because if all you look at data, if all you see is your customer data, you won't know the difference between Charlie and Ozzy. That's true. Can you imagine selling clothes? Like you're selling a, Oh yeah. And you're targeting that. And you're like, you know, you're selling like really buttoned up or maybe the other way you're selling like leather shirts with holes in it. And you're, you know, King Charles walks in. I, dude, I can't think of a single thing that Charlie would love that Ozzy wouldn't hate or vice versa. Yeah. I mean, they, they could not be more different and have yeah. the same data. Yeah. That if, is crazy. All you're running with, if your customer persona, if like, well, we got inside and, and you list me a bunch of demographics, you don't have insight. You have data. You got to get to the point where you can describe them to your point, the way you would describe a friend, the way you would describe um, someone in your family or, you know, a cousin that, you know, they don't have to be your all time best friend, but you need to know who they are as a person. Now, listen, if all you want is satisfied customers, right? If you just want like generic business, they're not mad, but they don't love us. You don't need to know this. But if you want raving fans, you've got to get past statistics down to a personal description. And so this is our first litmus test when we're looking at insight. There's a lot of other tools. And later in the podcast, we'll talk about the stuff we do. We're going to bring some of our clients on uh, and, and experts that we know who do this. And they'll talk about different ways to do it from, from surveys to mystery shoppers to you know statistical analysis. I mean, there's lots of ways to get this insight generated. But, but the easy gut test is, can you describe them the way you describe a friend? Um, I'll give a quick example. In the restaurant business, we'll talk about the difference between soccer mom, Sarah, and business owner, Beth. Now, they're both 48 years old. Uh, they both make similar family household income. They both come every Monday and they order the number one special from the restaurant. Uh, they both have 2.3 kids. I mean, statistically, these are the same women, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But but if you miss this, you miss the, the subtle but meaningful difference. Soccer mom Sarah is coming to that restaurant every Monday, meeting other moms for a mom's lunch out. Their kids are going to go play in the playground. They're having social hours sitting next to that glass wall by the playground. And the restaurant, well, well at Chick-fil-A, we talk about, hey, when you see a mom like this, we're going to do little things where we're going to carry her tray to the table because her hands are full. She's got two kids, one in a stroller with her, right? And so yeah. uh, we're, they've got these little cute cartoon plastic mat. I don't know if you ever took your kids when you're little to put this on the table and like with stickers. I still use those today for myself. So yeah, I understand. <laughs> okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Because I was going to say they can make a mess and the cleanup's easy. So I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> well played, Jack. Well played. Well, unlike you, business owner Beth does not want you to put cartoon plastic mat in front of her during yeah. lunch, right? She is not there with her kids. She She's actually not there for social hour. 
She's there for a little quiet, like a, a an oasis away from the pressure of the office to say like, I need a little time to myself, food I enjoy. And, and you know, you can get healthy, you can get indulgent, whether it's a good or bad day at the office, right? But right. she's not there to like party it up, wear soccer. And if you don't know the difference, soccer mom Sarah and business owner Beth look the same and you miss, it doesn't have to be a wholly different business model. But you miss this little thing that makes soccer mom Sarah like, where else would I go to meet with my my gals? Like, this is where I go. And it's Charlie versus Ozzy, right? Yeah, I mean, that's true. Yeah, because Beth's not going to want to sit near the playground. Oh, she does not want kids chaos around her. So if there's no seats life. further away where it is a little bit quiet, like Chick-fil-A has always designed that section that's kind of yes. next to the kitchen near the bathrooms, but it's quiet over there. If it wasn't for that. If they're only designing for Sarah, then there's there's no place for Beth. And other way around as well. If the kids don't feel welcome, Sarah's never going to come in with the kids. Two point three. Uh, I hate to see that point three. That's kind That's, of you know, you ghoulish. Know, hey, but the medic. It's a new. It's a new world in medical science, Jack. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's a really really good example. So I'm curious. I'm, I mean, I'm going to ask you the same question every single time we talk about a component of the engine over the the years. And I'm not, I don't need like totally nailed down numbers, but all the companies you've worked with gone through this process with how many have customer insights? Like, cause it could be that another part of the engine's broken, but they have this one intact, but how many do you like, is this like a 10% or 90% or somewhere like, where do you think that lies? Yeah. 10% or less. I mean, this is one of those engine parts that few people are doing. In fact, normal business is we make a product, we throw it in the market, we cross our fingers and we see if it sells, right? We usually yep. have a technical skill or something we built or a previous job experience. And we say, yeah, yeah, people bought that before. I'll make it, they'll buy it, right? I hang my shingle and that's how the business starts. You don't, very few people start by getting to know their customer. Now, you don't have to start the business that way to be successful, right? If you're a plumber, you can make a good guess that some pipes are going to break around you. You should probably hang a shingle. But yeah. but I'll say this. If you're trying to become the plumber in your area, you, got, you can't just hang the shingle, cross your fingers, and wait. So the problem is you can run an engine on data. You don't actually need this to function. Now, if you want raving fans, it's hard. But in fact, let, let's use the metaphor. So the engine metaphor, right? This is the fuel that goes in the engine. Jack, did you know you can run a combustion engine on raw oil? Like legit real life, you can just put crude oil in a combustion engine, it'll ignite and turn over. Are you uh, serious? Oh, yeah. It, now, famously, uh, in World War II, um, Japan did not have refineries, right? They didn't have their own supply of it, so they got some oil, but they, they always imported all that stuff that they didn't have figured that out. And so when U.S. and Japan and the... the the U.S. uses their ships to cut off the supply of refined petroleum to Japan, and they just had some crude reserves. And we're like, got them. Their fleet is done. And Japan just put crude oil in their battleships and came back out. Now, why don't we all do this, right? Well, because one, it is a mess. There's a ton of waste and byproduct. It's really hard on the engine. Like, this is a very inefficient process. Yeah. And, and it's very expensive, the amount of effort, like oil you get to put in versus the output, right? There's a ton of that, that energy goes to things that is not what you want, right? There's a lot of, um, in the science term, like uh, unintended side consequences, right? It's just kind of blowing off this other way. So it works, but you put a you put some effort, it costs some money and time to turn crude oil into refined petroleum, right? 
but then the output you get is so much more valuable than than the cost that it takes to go from crude to refined. This is just like physics and, and science on engines. It's exactly the same for a company. That is insane. That is crazy. I've never thought about that. That is crazy. I agree with you. I've one of the things, one of the first, I kind of mentioned this earlier. One of the first exercises I do when I do brand strategy is I do a series of interviews, Mm -hmm. both internal and external, because I tell people all the time, brand isn't what you say about yourself. Brand is what you're what the public says about you. They're what people say about you. Right. Um, you Except know. for me. Cause like I say that I'm awesome. So that, that makes it true. <laughs> That's true. Right. That's true. Yeah. Comcast says future of awesome. Got but anytime well, in a meeting and, and they're awesome. Everybody. Yeah, knows anytime that. you're in a meeting, you say the word Comcast. It's like, Oh, ah, oh, like yeah. no one gets excited about that. So <laughs> I tell people all the time, brand is what people say about you. So I interview the internal and that, that, that list comes across quick, right? Within minutes, they've like identified the people who are, you know, they're going to say great things about the company. Uh, and then I say, okay, what about the customers? I need like 25 uh, on a small for a small thing. And there's like crickets. And I'm like, can you, can you get me those? And it usually takes three or four or five emails for me to write back and forth and say, can, I need those names. And then you'd finally talk to someone and they'll finally admit, we don't know any of our customers, I can't give you even a way to connect with them. Wow. Like we may have an email for them, but we've never actually spoken to them. Right. And I am blown away. And so many times, and I have to explain this when I'm talking to the customer, because I'll tell them I'm, I'm Jack Fussell, I'm a brand strategist, blah, blah, blah. And they'll, I've had so many people tell me I've been working with this company for five years. I've never spoken to anyone there. Hmm. Like you're the first person that I've, the first human I've ever actually interacted with uh, especially if it's in a, a B2B space, but right, right. even a lot of times in B2C, if it's, you know, maybe they've talked to a frontline person or yeah, they like checked out at the register or something, but yeah, like, or the, the waiter or whatever, but server, but right. I'm shocked at that. And then you compare that. So I do a lot of work as well with influencers and obviously the biggest influencer right now, Mr. Beast, like in the video world, you do not get larger than Mr. Beast. I mean, yeah. he's, He's a five or six channels, his own chocolate line. I mean, he's just killing it, but he spends, they, he's admitted one number and they've estimated a little bit higher anywhere between 25 to $35,000 per video, just on market research, Mm. just on talking. So he's present over the year, but he spends so much time with fans, with focus groups, even with his covers, he'll float out multiple covers to like these trusted advisors who will give him feedback because he knows his fans. That's the reason he's Mr. Beast. That's the reason everyone talks about him and he's worth, you know, I mean, for a guy who does YouTube, he's worth, I mean, just tons, hundreds of millions. Ridiculous. So ridiculous amount. So over here, you've got companies who literally don't even, I don't know, Joe, let's call the guy Joe. Uh, They don't even know a name to put it with it. And then you've got Mr. Beast who's actually investing what for some people is an annual salary per video into just market research to understand his audience and which one's winning. Let's see, you know, which one's killing it, Mr. Beast. So it's, it's proven. And, and I'll just say this last thing, and then we'll, we'll shift into the next part, uh, wrap this up and move on. But like, you might be worried at this point, Oh snap, I don't have $35,000 to talk to for every product I'm putting out. like, 
we're going to give you easy ways from like free surveys that you can send that are way better than your normal standard customer survey to you just live visit, go yourself, and we'll give you some questions and notes. This will be what the podcast will do is unpack all the ways to do this. And there's a spectrum. Depends on your product, depends on your situation. There are low cost things you could do this week that gets you started. But but let me, I can't resist like just giving you one immediate thing is like, you just find a way to personally go see your customers use your product. When's the last time you went and watched them? Not, not you made it and like you watched the sales numbers, but you went to their site, to their world, to their office, and then just ask yourself, where does this fit in their overall life? And if you can't physically go, it's, a, it's one of those scenarios. What if you just asked them that? When do you use this? What's the circumstances when you decide this shows up or not? And, and just... Do some question asking and do some personal observation and just start the discipline of tuning in. Who are these people? Don't wait for Jack Fussell, the brilliant brand strategist to talk to your customers. Now, if you do want to have someone go through a formal process and get into all that, sure, let us know. But guys, before you spend any money or do all that, I don't know, start with the ABCs, like find out their name and ask them some questions. Um, I was going to say this little device, which you can't see because we're on a podcast, but I'm holding up an iPhone. This little device right here, there's an option besides texting called calling. Right. You can actually no, just... I think I turned that one off on my phone, Jack. We I rarely use it anymore. Yeah, uh, it's mainly for spammers to call, reach out to me. But um, you can actually just call people. Like this is... There's actually a really low-tech version. That is just talk to someone or like you said, go visit them in person and even try. You know, another way, and we'll probably talk about this later, but another way to get customer insight is to become a customer. When's the last time you shopped your own brand? Yes. Yes. Like you and I were working together with a, a company last year that um, they're like in the like energizer drink space. So yeah, the, the health, energy, health, yeah. energy, vitamin drink. All that stuff. Yeah. And the first thing I did was order their product. And when I told them that they're like, you ordered our product. I'm like, yeah, I just got on the web. They're like, we would have sent you some. I'm like, I didn't want you to send me some. I yeah, wanted exactly. to shop the experience. So when's the last time you even like experienced your own brand as an out, create a dummy email mm-hmm. and just go through the process. What does it feel like? What is it? How's the reaction time? Where do I feel like I'm getting it? You know, that's customer insight as well. It's not just talking to them, but it's actually become a customer of your own brand. What does that feel like? That's brilliant. Yeah, guys. Don't cross your fingers and assume that because you can look at the sales data, you know, the zip code of the purchasers, right? (laughs) That that you've got your insight, get to the level where you can describe them the way you describe a friend. And you might have three, four, five different kind of types of customers, right? You can have soccer mom, Sarah and business owner, Beth, who both come on Mondays and get the same meal. You don't usually have only one customer, that's yeah. okay. Get to know the the handful or the few. Now, if you have like 45, you're probably over thin slicing it, right? But but it's okay. Start getting to know the different people who come to you and why. And everything else we're about to talk about suddenly gets easier. You go from crude, raw oil in your engine to this high octane, high re- impact petroleum where all your energy goes into what you want and the forward motion of your company. Thanks for spending some time with us on your journey to legendary. If you enjoyed this episode and want more content like this, you may want to sign up for our newsletter. You can do that and learn about all the ways we are helping leaders build legendary brands at swazconsulting.com. That's www.swozconsulting.com. Greatness is possible. 
you just have to build the right engine.